0: Today's studio drink, Corona Familiar, the one-quart so-called family bottle. Though, truth be told, I'm taking this one on solo. I am a sucker for a humble lager, anywhere in the world. But I'm drinking Mexican beer today for the fermentation. That's because this episode's guest is Paulina Garcia, a talented purveyor of food in Oaxaca, who is not only a partner in Bulenque, the unstoppable bakery and hangout in downtown Oaxaca, but is also the owner of Suculenta, a wildly inventive fermentation and canning shop that churns out things like hojasanta mustard, chiquitana ant salsa, mushroom pate, jalapeno escabeche. She built this all while being something of a stranger in those lands. Her original home is Saltillo, in the Americanized north of Mexico. And we talk not just about fermentation, but also about being a Mexican in Mexico and yet very far from home. I'm Nathan Thornburg, and you're listening to The Trip, drinking with exceptional people around the world. Where are you from? I'm
1: from Sabinas, Coahuila. It's like a tiny town in Coahuila, which is pretty north, but I lived all my life in Saltillo.
0: But we are not in the north of Mexico right now. We're in Oaxaca City, which if I think a lot of Americans have this kind of That slightly dusty norteño like desert picture of Mexico is like that's Mexico for most Americans. Yeah. Uh Oaxaca is rainy mountains and big Pacific coast and lots of little valleys and just a very different vibe.
1: Yeah, yeah. Pretty different than the stereotype, I think.
0: If you grow up in Coahuila, do you go to Texas?
1: Yeah, pretty often.
0: Yeah, you go shopping on the border. Yeah, what's the good stuff there?
1: Yeah, just the mall. Yeah, and breakfast at Denny's and yeah.
0: <laughs> were your eyes ever on southern Mexico? Did you ever think about this part of the country much?
1: No. Well, I didn't really know. Like, only like Cancun. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we're pretty pretty Americanized in the north of Mexico. Like, yeah, we're not exactly gringos, of course, but right i think our way of thinking there it's pretty pretty americanized we're we're so when we travel i mean not everyone of course but like in general yeah when you take vacations you go to cancun like <laughs> and go S- senior frogs exactly just because, like, yeah like we're, we're, we're americans yeah like <laughs> that's like our way of thinking <laughs> yeah so no i never been to any other part of the south before but uh, a few friends of mine like had been coming to Oaxaca, and they were saying like it's amazing, it's amazing, it's amazing.
0: When they come down and say it's amazing, what do you think they were talking about?
1: Oh well, because they come to Oaxaca and they go to San Jose del Pacifico, do mushrooms, and then go to the beach. Oh well, shit, that is amazing. Yeah. So like <laughs> I was like I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's
0: like camping in the desert, but with psilocybin. Yeah. And incredible no, it's waves.
1: pretty great. Yeah. So that was the plan, and we came. Uh, with my boyfriend at the time. It was like, I don't know, like six years ago. We came for like 10 days and it was great, but it was also like, downtown I didn't see anything. we, We arrived to this horrible hostel at this horrible place and we were like, no, 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 let's go to San Jose tomorrow, this is horrible. And we did mushrooms. It was a really bad experience because <laughs> we took them at night. Oh, yeah. And I took a whole trip, and I just couldn't leave the room. Oh, man. I mean, it wasn't bad. It was just yeah. like seven hours sitting on a bed, I, confused.
0: I've, I've, I've been there. It was um,
1: really confusing. So, But, I mean, of course, the forest was amazing, and then the beach. Outside of your room. The next day. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> once once
0: Silas Ivan had. Yeah, uh, let, and, and the let beach was amazing clothes.
1: as well. And that was it. I mean, I never thought I was going to move here, not even when I came for vacations. Mm-hmm. It was just like an experience, and I was like, oh, okay, Oaxaca is nice. That's
0: yeah. it. Oaxaca is the kind of place like Key West where I grew up where people, I think, come here and, and think, oh shit, I'm not going back home. Like, that does happen. A lot. Um, a lot, because it just has some something, some vibe. Like it's a very, it's a manageable city. You can sort of see yourself in in this in the setting.
1: Yeah, it's a very attractive city. It's a really inspiring city, and also, I feel like it's so abundant in so many things that a lot of people from different disciplines are like whatever they 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 find something here like Mm -hmm. so i feel like that's why a lot of people stay in oaxaca because there's a lot of possibilities
0: yeah you now run this thing that's part of i think an integral part of you know what it what it means to be doing interesting food here in oaxaca uh and you're running it with i don't know what would you call them like Expats, uh, <laughs> I mean, internally displaced uh, norteños, like.
1: <laughs> norteños in the south.
0: Norteños in the south. Uh, so basically, all of your partners are from the Saltillo yeah. Uh, area. Yeah. I have too. Three,
1: three business partners,
0: mm-hmm.
1: all guys. <laughs> you yeah. know? And all from Saltillo.
0: And, and you guys didn't come down like in a big VW bus together. No. You came down no, separately. It,
1: yeah, separately. It was really, really. I don't even know how I got here. It was four of us. And the first one that came down here was Juan Pablo because another friend of us, also from Saltillo, moved to Oaxaca and opened a restaurant. So Juan Pablo wanted to move to Oaxaca because he was sick of living in Saltillo and he moved and was working at the restaurant. There he started baking bread.
0: Because they had an oven that they weren't really using... At all hours. And, and just... it
1: was, it was, yeah, they will lend him the oven and he will, like, bake. And then he will have, like, a lot of bread, like, baked breads. So then he needed to sell them. And he took them to this organic market, but they wouldn't let him in because there was already another guy selling bread there. But it wasn't sourdough or anything. It was just, like, regular Mexican bread. So he started selling it outside the market and all the... Um, The Europeans and Americans that live here, like, that moved to Oaxaca, they recognized the bread immediately, and they started to buy it. And then Bernardo contact uh, Juan Pablo. Bernardo was living in New Zealand at the time. He lived there for four years and a half. Yeah. Illegally, of course.
0: (laughs) So he was working, which meant he was working in restaurants. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And he has some money saved, and he told uh, Juan Pablo, like, I have $3,000. I can give them to you and open a bakery, and I'm just going to be a partner, but, like, I'm living in New Zealand. I'm not going to work. Three days after Juan Pablo ordered the oven, Bernardo got deported. Oh, shit. Three days after. He, wow. Yeah, so that? he came to Saltillo, he was like, no, I'm not staying in Saltillo. I already invested in this Bakery in Oaxaca, I'm moving to Oaxaca. I'm
0: a Oaxacan baker now. And
1: then he moved to Oaxaca, and my boyfriend at the time, which is the same guy I came with uh, to Oaxaca six years ago.
0: When you were... The same
1: guy that is my business partner right now. Ah, okay. Got it. This is when it gets interesting. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, uh, we were dating. I was living in Saltillo. He was working at this um, farm in Querétaro. And he quit his job and he was like, no, I'm going back to Saltillo and then I'll see what I'll do. And I was like, perfect. I'll see you here. I haven't seen you in months. I'll see you in Saltillo. And then he calls me and he says, you know what? My friend Juan Pablo and Bernardo just opened up a bakery like one week ago in Oaxaca. I think I'm going to go down there to check it out and just like be there for a couple of weeks. And then I'll come back. And I was like, "Okay." he never came back.
0: <laughs> that was it?
1: That was it. He came to to Oaxaca. Yeah. He came to the bakery. They were living in the bakery. They didn't oh, wow. have money to rent, like, an apartment. Okay. Because they invested everything in there and...
0: Spent it all on dough. And
1: renting Oaxaca is expensive and deposit, etc. So yep. they were actually sleeping on the floor... And, like, they lived in the bakery for, like, three or four months.
0: It's just three dudes. The three, three dudes
1: sleeping on the floor. Nice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and you thought... On yoga mats. Yeah. This is... Move aside, guys. Uh, roll out a mat for me.
1: And I had already uh, uh, planned a trip with one of my best friends to Oaxaca before all this. Like, we bought the plane tickets, like, six months ago. Uh-huh. Like, before. Uh, before all this. So... Yeah but then it was like the perfect excuse. It was like an instant success. Like, well, it's bread and it's good bread. And, and Oaxaca was missing that. Yeah.
0: Well, and it's Mexican bread culture is interesting because it's ubiquitous. It's a huge part of Mexico and Mexican diet. Yeah. But also, you know, this is, the thing about pan dulce, you know, which is something that's a huge part of like our family's diet, and as Mexican Americans are mm-hmm. crazy for that stuff, but it's like the same flavor in a bunch of different shapes. Yeah. I mean, generally, I'd like there can be artisanal and incredibly well done, but mostly like, I think like mainstream Mexican bread is pretty underwhelming.
1: Also, it's like it's pretty cheap. Like you can yep. buy like a sweet bread for like Two pesos or mm-hmm. three pesos, or like the bread for like a torta, it's actually like a peso and fifty cents. That's yeah. like you find that on the street. Like yeah,
0: yeah. For context, it's about seventeen or eighteen pesos to a dollar. So you know, a, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> some kind of bread that costs two pesos is like a ten cent bread. Yeah. Um, so
1: yeah. maybe that's why it's like a really cultural thing because. It is for everybody, like, yeah. everybody can buy bread. But also, like, to make it that cheap, the ingredients you use will need to be, like, it's a lot of um, levadura, instant yeast, mm-hmm. a lot of that. So it's not really nutritious. Yeah. It's not butter, it's margarine, you yeah. know, like. Yeah. So Well, you, you have to, you're going to sell it at one point peso and you still need to win money out of that then
0: right I mean which is always incredible with these panaderias too just you know they're they're moving they're making it up on volume you know (laughs) they're like they're moving a lot of pieces of bread uh but you're right it's it's I mean you can't really compare it with like sort of uh artisanal baking
1: no and also like for example it was a little bit hard at first with Mexicans to accept the bread because they will come into the bakery and they will be like, what, 20 pesos for a piece of bread? Like, are you kidding me? Like, it's a lot, but it's like, but it's laminated and it's butter, organic from this town that it's next to Oaxaca and and it's chocolate and it's like, you know, like the ingredients are always like high quality, but we're not used to those prices for... A bread.
0: Yeah. So, what's the education process like on that? It's just telling you know, walking them through the ingredients. A big crusty bread is not like the the bread of a Mexican imagination. No, no,
1: no. So at first it was hard, but we got a lot of support of uh, the foreign people and the tourists that come in Oaxaca. Like, so the locals started to like one by one, like, yeah. okay, I'm going to try it. Okay. I'm
0: yeah, gonna... yeah. Well, and for, obviously, this the bakery and, and Suculenta, your new business there, you know, it's not for the poor or the working class. Like, this, these are expensive foods and they're really well-made.
1: And it's more about, like, also the nutrition. Not just, like, mm. okay, yes, it's not, I will agree with you, with it's not for everyone, like, the price. But I'm always really surprised when this happens and it gives me like a lot of joy to see it. Like when people from the mountains come like because they live in the mountain, right? But they come to the city and they have to buy stuff or deliver stuff or whatever and then they go back to the mountains. Yeah. And they come to Belang and they buy the sourdough Hmm. to take to the mountain. That's so awesome. it's awesome because you you i mean they spend like it's seventy pesos uh for one piece for one kilo, so i mean every time I turn it into dollars it's ridiculous but <laughs>
0: it's not <laughs> it's right. not gonna sound expensive that's not the it's not the favorite sport I know of Mexicans. yeah States. like <laughs> okay,
1: so <Yeah>. it's like <laughs> uh, four dollars
0: <laughs> it's that's $4. Um, but, <laughs> but keep uh, in but mind yuck. that the average salary here is like $4,000 a year.
1: And that you would spend at most 20 pesos on a savory bread, not 70. Right. A chavata, it's like 8 pesos. Mm-hmm. So that's like our cheapest uh, savory right. bread. And well, and and probably, people do buy it.
0: Yeah. I think one sourdough is going to just have... As you know, as much nutrition or like value or you know goodness uh, or certainly nutritional value as seventy, <laughs> you know rolls that are made exactly. from kind of like uh, highly processed uh, yeah, exactly. flour and instant yeast. How did suculenta get started, and what what is it like? What how did that all kind of come out?
1: Pretty much like bulenk really random. Mm-hmm. Really,
0: with yoga mats.
1: With yoga mats, it was pretty weird as well. Like, uh, so they're working at the bakery, and they bring another friend from Saltillo just to work there.
0: Is anyone left in Saltillo? <laughs> Is it just like an empty town with like <laughs> a bunch of Oaxaqueños coming we're back? We're
1: the only ones in Oaxaca, uh, but it's like I think we're pretty strange for. Like our friends in Saltillo. I think it's like uh-huh. we're the weird ones. Right. That are in the south.
0: <laughs> just drinking mushroom tea and making yeah, amazing Yeah, making breads. bread. And <laughs> so.
1: so another friend came just like he only came for like a year. Okay. And his girlfriend, which was the friend that I came with for vacations, a really good friend of mine, she came for six months. And we were all living. It was like a friends episode. We were all living on the same building, like Bernardo, Juan Pablo, Daniel, me, Juan, Caro, in two apartments. Wow, okay. So it Just was... Just constantly going back and forth. Yeah, and constantly in the bakery. And my friend Caro was also freelancing on something else. So we had a lot of free time. Like, me and Caro. <laughs> yeah. Not the guys at the bakery. Like, a lot of free time. And no money. And so we were, wanted to do something... That wouldn't take a lot of time. And we were always at the bakery. The bakery was always full of people. So we thought like something that we could sell in the bakery because mm. they didn't sell anything but bread. Right. So we were like, jam. They need jam. There's no jam. Okay, how do you do jam? <laughs> so then we started like just looking at recipes and then we started yeah. experimenting. And then, of course, I made like the brand and the... Uh, it wasn't called Siculenta at the time.
0: What was the first brand?
1: It was horrible. I don't want to say. No, oh, come on. It was the Jar Bar.
0: Jar Bar? Oh, man, that sounds like a uh, Bad Star Wars or something. No,
1: it was horrible. It was just like the first test. <laughs> uh,
0: All right, Jar Bar.
1: <laughs> the Jar Bar. And so we had that, and it was only like, okay, six jams. And then they will sell, and then, okay, eight. Okay, four. And it was... We didn't really make money because we always need to buy like more fruit or more something.
0: Yeah, that's like it's not a super high margin thing when you're making like small batch jam.
1: No, definitely <laughs> otherwise wasn't. Vermont would be but, like I mean, the it, economic it center kept us of the states. <laughs>
0: <busy>. <laughs> yeah, okay.
1: And then my friend says like I'm moving back to Saltillo, they were going back. And I was like, "Okay, I'm going to stop because it, it, it wasn't fun. I mean, it was, co- like, really cool to experiment, but he was like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And then Daniel told me, uh, no, let's keep doing it because there's nothing selling in the bakery and it goes really well with bread. Let's keep doing it. And I was like, and okay, but you're going to help me because I don't want to do this alone. And he was like, okay, I'll help you. And then I was like, we need to change the name. So I chose Succulenta. Of course, I got bored of jam like instantly, so I was like, "No, I want something else. like how do you do how do you, how do you do pickles?" So then I started looking for recipes and making tests and and then I was like, "How do you do peanut butter? How do you do this? how do you? And then I found out that it's that everything is really easy. Oh. like yeah, like I thought it was something really complex. yeah, it's not. It's like once you get how to preserve and the different ways of preserving, yeah it's pretty easy, and it it opened this whole other thing, like, oh my God, so you can preserve anything, yeah, and we're living in Oaxaca, where it's the most biodiverse one of the most biodiverse places on earth, like yeah, like okay like and and that was the start of what I think it was. What it is right now, succulenta, which is like preserving food, uh, preserving ingredients, preserving, like, for example, in Oaxaca, we have like 30 different varieties of mangoes. No shit. 30. Like in Saltillo, we have two. Right. At the supermarket. Right. <laughs> 30. Like <laughs> there's the one like the left side of the supermarket 25 types right? of bananas. There's yeah. a banana called apple banana and it tastes exactly like an apple and a banana combined. No. There's a pineapple mango? No, there, no, yeah. no.
0: This is the mushroom tea speaking. No, These I swear, I exist. swear, I
1: swear. It was pretty surprising for me like the pineapple mango? Yeah. You have to make a hole in like on the skin. Yeah. Because it's like pretty watery. Okay. They use it for water like to make a uh, mango water. Okay. But it's so watery that you need to make a hole and then you squeeze it and then you drink it and it tastes like pineapple.
0: No, that's a pineapple. No, it's a mango. It's a, a mango. Pineapple. it's a mango. It's a mango. I saw
1: it. There's blue mangoes. Well, anyway, there's like so many, so many things and ingredients that I've never seen before in Oaxaca. Well, like in my life. Yeah. And with was like, that's how you preserve, like you preserve that flavor. Right. And...
0: So that, like, disbelieving gabachos like me, will then have to believe it because it's been it's been jarred. It's true, and it's on on the in the pantry.
1: I love that concept. Like, to have food there, sitting, waiting,
0: like in a in an apocalyptic kind yeah, of yeah, exactly, like, exactly. When everything goes I, to I, hell. I I
1: got obsessed with like the visual of how the jar looks at the end. Like, for example, the pickled carrots, like okay, let's put fresh thyme on the bottom and then the garlic and then the carrots and then the seeds. And then Hmm. like the visual product at the end, I fell in love with that. Like, it was pretty satisfying to like finish a batch and have like a bunch of jars and then put the labels and then put them on the shelves. Like visually it was gorgeous. So I think that helped. Hmm. And then producers started to come. Like we started to make relationships with producers of everything like mushrooms and and they will bring local things like from the mountains like apples and like fruits and a lot of things a lot of weird things came through those doors oh yeah yeah like a coyote skin and i was like no thank you sir like are you sure you don't want to buy it and i was like no thank you the mushroom guy
0: he came. just wanted to you to pickle some coyote skin, yeah,
1: well, yeah a lot of weird ingredients have passed through those doors, but we always try to like uh be really open with the producers because we because they have like the good stuff, you know, yeah, so our rela- our direct relationship with the producers is really important in suculenta I, I
0: you know in a place like New York, obviously you have people who really excel at sourcing unusual ingredients or even unusual but super local mm-hmm. ingredients. Is there anything, there's not really a, a distribution system like that here. Like you as, as a storefront have to know the people who will bring you the stuff from the mountains. Otherwise, you're not really going to get it.
1: They don't even have signal like for cell phones uh-huh. because you're in the mountain. So you can't even call them and tell them, can you bring me more mushrooms? No, they just show up with 10 kilos of shiitake and they're like pay me and you're like okay I mean now I say okay when I, when I was running Succulenta at first without Buleng it was like oh my god like <laughs> I have to buy it because then he's not going to come back anymore and or they're going to go bad or right? like they're bringing you this treasure but it's also a, a lot of money and I wasn't ready because they never Asked let you, you know right. that they're coming <laughs> so it was pretty much like that that year, like just not earning any money.
0: Yeah, so the country club's yeah. uh, visual appearances suffered. I have greatly. no idea.
1: I lost contact, <laughs> so I didn't have a salary. It was it was a little bit rough. Uh, me and Daniel broke up. Yeah. During that time. Yeah. I was so lost. Like. Yeah. New business, owing money, not earning money. And in a relationship of eight years.
0: Wow, okay.
1: And having a business with him, so...
0: And maintaining the business. Yeah. Still being in business. Yeah, so... That's uh, a, that, that's a, that's a, uh, It was
1: a dark time. Yeah. <laughs> it was a really, really dark time.
0: What do you do in Oaxaca when it's dark time? You go back to uh, uh, San Juan... Pacifico.
1: I didn't have any money. Jose, I couldn't yeah. go anywhere. I couldn't go anywhere.
0: You couldn't even go up to the mountains and no. drink mushroom tea.
1: No, I was actually thinking like I'm gonna have to sleep in Suculenta. like <laughs> really, really. Because the boys had taught you how it's no, done. You get laugh, it, but it, I it, was actually uh, like considering I. like what am I going, what am I going to do? Yeah. Well, during that year that we were in the shop, um, we were talking to the family that owns the whole house. It's a really big house downtown. And we were trying to convince them to rent us the whole house because the bakery only had six seats. Yeah. And it was always full with people outside eating, standing up. So lines of people wanted to buy bread, but some wanted to eat a sandwich, but some wanted to drink a coffee, so they needed uh, the space it was like yeah. they were starting to like consider like looking for a bigger place and so we convinced the family i don't know how but we well it was 9 months of meetings and meetings and meetings hmm. and convincing and so we convinced them and they decided to rent us the whole house which is like um it's over 100 years old and it's 900 Square meters.
0: It's a big freaking house. It's a big house. It's yeah. like
1: 14 rooms, Yeah. two stories, a patio.
0: No, it's gorgeous, and it and it reminds me. It's got a, like a very Cuban, just kind of, you know, the layers of plaster that are falling apart, and there's brick underneath, and you can see the different paint jobs that have gone over the it's years. It's really and old, and it's, it's gorgeous. very
1: rustic. So they say yes, and then one day Daniel came, and he was, like, really serious, and I was like, what's wrong? And he was like, well, apparently my partners want to make you a partner. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, yeah. They want to make you a partner. And I was like, of course I was inside like, yes. <laughs> but outside I was like, okay, this wasn't expected. I mean, Bulen- to Glenda, it's like a really pretty project. And I n- knew it was going to be successful, but I knew also that it was going to take a lot of time. And Boulang, it's already, it attracts a lot of people. It, yeah. It's already, it was already a success. Yeah. So I was like, of course, definitely. Yeah. Let's do it. And
0: My little experiment was just to like put a picture of, you know, the the breads that we had there the other day on Instagram. Just see who I know in New York who would say, oh, I fucking love that place. And sure enough, like they come yeah. out. I mean, it's like. Oh, a,
1: oh cool. It's the Mexican Thirteen.
0: Uh, the,
1: Oaxacan, the Oaxacan
0: tartine. <laughs> the Oaxacan tartine. There it is. Is there a Mexican fermentation? Obviously, there's a lot of fermenting happening yeah, in Yeah, but not but in Oaxaca. How do Oaxacans preserve their food? Like, what's what's their? They're not doing fermentations. Mm,
1: they don't really preserve much. I mean, there are some preserves, of course, but they make some jams, escabeche, of course, mm-hmm. but... Oaxaca has food all year long, so there's not that need of preserving. Right. It doesn't exist because we don't have long winters. We don't have the necessity. And it's always pretty abundant. There's always so much of everything. So I think that's why in Mexico we don't have, like, a lot of types of... Right. I mean, we do have, of course, fermented things, and of course, but it's different. Like, the culture of... Canning, we don't have that, only it, escabeche.
0: <laughs> so what's the escabeche here?
1: It's a pickled uh, jalapeno peppers with carrots and cauliflower and onion.
0: That's served quite often.
1: Yeah, it's just like, yeah. just to eat more chili.
0: Some way we can possibly eat more chili. Uh, got it, okay. Is it that same kind of education process that you have with sourdough, like getting people here, both Mexicans and international people, just kind of like fired up to, you know, to have your pickled radishes or your whatever it is that you're trying to get them into.
1: What we do right now is we, uh, like if you order a sandwich in the restaurant, you get a side salad with a little bit of kimchi or a little bit of sauerkraut or anything that we ferment for free. So you can just like taste it, taste it, taste it. Some people don't eat it. Some people eat it. Some people ask. Some people already know what it is. Well basically everything that we serve in the restaurant we have available at the shop.
0: What's your plan for suculenta? Like obviously it's very tied into bulenk uh now do you want to see it on shelves around Oaxaca, around Mexico, around the world?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, we we get a lot of people that want the product like even in New York and Yeah. And like all around the US and also in several places of Mexico, but we weren't ready at the time because we were sharing the kitchen with the restaurant and we just finished the Suculenta kitchen on the second floor. So yeah, the plan is to have the product selling in other places. Of course, like that's the whole idea of of uh, Suculenta that you can actually bring one flavor to another part of the world
0: Right. You cannot do that with your sourdough.
1: And you cannot do that with like like you can't take mangoes from here to France. Yeah. Yeah. Of course you can't you can't fly with fresh fruit. But you can fly with a preserve. Mhm. So like for example, French always like always buy the mango jam. Yeah. to take to France. Sometimes like they them. buy like the liter yeah. of mango jam because they don't have mangoes there. So that's like the most interesting part, I think. Like you can, you can travel with the flavor. Yeah. And Oaxaca has a lot of flavors, so. So yeah, definitely started selling more in several places. Uh, another thing that I would like to do is, um, in Mexico, there's a lot of waste uh, in food hmm. because there's a lot of abundance and sometimes like. The supermarkets they don't, they want to pay really really cheap price for to the producers. Yeah. And sometimes they go on a, how do you say, "huelga."
0: They go on a strike.
1: Uh huh. And what they do is they throw away all the products, all the produce to the street because it's so cheap that it's not even worth it. You know. Like, right. They want to pay so little, and it's such hard work, and they work so, all year.
0: So it's like. French farmers dumping milk on city halls. Exactly. It's just like fuck you guys. And
1: that happens a lot. And I'm yeah. like, no, <laughs> why are you throwing away the tomatoes? You can make ketchup. You can make right. tomato jam. You can make. So what I would like to do is to share the knowledge that I've acquired in the last three years, which is maybe not much, but right. If you go to the beach for example, and you go to the lady in on the side of the road that sells mangoes. Right. She sells mangoes uh, beneath the huge mango trees and she sells just like the boxes of mangoes. But around her, there's like kilos and kilos and kilos and mango that mangoes that are like...
0: Yeah, just fell and... They fell
1: and they and... rot and that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Like for example, that that like right. don't let them go to waste. Like right, you right. can make vinegar, you can make jam, you can make uh...
0: fermentation dreams. Yeah. Thank you, Paulina. No, awesome thank to you. talk to you. Yeah. The trip is hosted by me, Nathan Thornburg, produced by Josie Holtzman and Danielle Roth of Future Projects. Our editor is Roads and Kingdoms Taffy Mukanyatsi. Our executive producers are me and Matt Goulding, also of Roads and Kingdoms. Special thanks to Dan the Automator for the music and Adele Rodriguez for the art. Next week, the trip stays in Oaxaca to talk with Nikki Nakazawa about how to make and market mezcal the right way. We'll meet you there.